Welcome to today's podcast on best practices for managing your digital reputation. Search engine results are driving our digital reputations with millions of people and brands impacted by Google's ubiquitous search results every moment. Reputations are made and broken based on the information found solely on the first couple of pages. So how can businesses and individuals protect themselves from the mighty search engine? What happens when fake news and erroneous information turns on your search results? Are our reputations simply hostages of the algorithm? I'm Greg Radner, Chief Marketing Officer at RAIN, and in today's podcast, I'll be interviewing Howard Opinski, a digital reputation expert and president of Five Blocks. He and his company helped clients monitor and manage digital reputations for hundreds of corporations and well-known executives and celebrities around the world. Five Blocks uses a unique approach to managing digital reputation that relies on proprietary technology to monitor search results for people and brands from anywhere in the world every day. They use this data to alert clients about dangers and to develop strategies that leverage the algorithm to curate a set of positive results and maintain a level of control over this critical digital portal. Five Blocks also helps clients implement technical and content strategies that elevate the best owned, earned, paid, social, and community source content and minimize negative content. Howard, welcome to today's podcast. Thanks, Greg. It's good to be here. Very uh, interesting topic. We hear a lot about this from some of our clients. But to start us off, let's talk a little bit about what digital reputation is and how it differs from your offline reputation. Take us from there. Sure. So typically you think of your reputation as um, a reflection of your business or who you are as an individual. It's comprised largely of your actions um, and perception of those actions. And offline, um, that is, in fact, what um, many people um, think of as your as your reputation. It's what do they think of you, um, and the inputs that that uh, inform what they think of you uh, generally come from um, what they see, what they read, what they hear, what, and that can be uh, once upon a time that was largely through uh, mass media, um, through what you heard from friends and neighbors, um, what you may have seen with your own eyes um, and experienced as well. In the digital world, though, um, there's been a newer phenomenon where um, much of your reputation is being driven by factors online. And so no longer are you having uh, necessarily being influenced just by what um, your neighbors say or your family says, but there's a much wider circle of people who can impact it who could be people that you don't even know that are somewhere halfway around the world. Um, no longer are your, is your reputation solely controlled by your local newspaper, but by media from um, locations all around the globe as information has globalized. Um, and no longer is your, and, and no longer is your reputation purely, uh, based on what people can see or can hear on their own, but can be influenced by, by what they're seeing and reading online. And so your digital reputation really is an amalgam of all the different inputs online that um, uh, any individual can, can consume uh, about you or your business. That largely comes by way of search because people are searching for information about you or your business um, when they are most interested in, in, in you and are making up their mind about what they think about you. That's great. Um, so you, you touched on something about search. I mean, with so much going on in social media, we hear about that all the time. Does search really matter still? Uh, or is it getting kind of overwhelmed by social? What, what's your perspective on that? 
Yeah, so social is really important. Um, it is the proverbial what do your friends and neighbors have to say, but on a much broader scale because of the, the reach of the Internet. But search is, uh, but social really is, is uh, for the most part, people who are following you on social, they already made up their mind about you. Um, they're, they're fans for whom you want to have a conversation with in a consumer context. Um, or they're detractors who are following you closely to try and trip you up and trolls of one kind or another. When we're talking about reputation, though, you're talking about not just the decided, but really more so the undecided. And people who are undecided about you are, are, are more likely to go and search you out in their own time and their own way. And when they, when they do that, they're going to go to search and type in the name of your business or your name and look you up. I mean, you think about it in your own, in your own life, how often you've, you've met someone in passing or heard their name on television or hear about a brand in the news and you go online and you search to find out, well, I want to know a little bit more about this organization or this person. Um, and when you're doing that, your mind is very open to being influenced. And so the results that show up on that first page of Google results are really, really critically important because they inform your opinion uh, from the very beginning when you're in the most uh, open-minded about, about uh, what you think about that organization. And that search page contains a lot of different things. It's not just the 10 or 12 results um, of, of, of links to other sites, but, but Google also has a lot of other things on that search page, like the box on the side of the page that may be drawn information, biographical information about an individual or about a, or, or basic information about a company. Um, it may have video images. It may have videos on that page. It may have some of your social feeds on that page. So it becomes sort of the portal through which all the other information must flow. And so knowing what's on that page and impacting what's on that page is absolutely critical to your, to your online digital reputation. Yeah, and you sort of go on Google and you don't really know how that is. Uh, the results come up that, you know, they talk about an algorithm. But is it really possible to impact those results or you just get what you get? Um, and, and you know, is, is it, can you even get Google to take things down, um, uh, you know, or other websites to take down content that you don't want there? I mean, how do you impact that uh, going forward? Yeah, there's, there's, there, there is, uh, it is actually possible to impact uh, the Google algorithm, and um, that's in part what we, what we specialize in. Um, and there's ways to do it um, in a, in a decent and honest way. Um, I think there was, there has been attempts in the past, and others who are out there saying, oh, well, we can fool uh, the Google algorithm. We can trick it into believing um, that a piece of information that it's looking for isn't real or or a piece of information that's not looking for um, is something that uh, that they should be looking for. Um, the fact is, is that there's hundreds and hundreds of different um, elements that go into the Google algorithm, and and we take the position we're not smarter than the Google engineers, and and, and unless you're uh, listening to this and you're an engineer at Google, I suspect you're not either. Um, but what, what what we can do is study in, in the, the algorithm and see how it's operating and then try to feed it what it's looking for which, in fact, is actually what searchers are looking for anyway. And so the ways to, to, to impact it are by ensuring that the content that you're creating is being seen by Google, um, is constructed in the right way, contains the kinds of words that it's looking for when it's looking for something about you or your company, by um, ensuring that your, your social sites um, are are constructed in a way so that Google sees them. Um, making sure that you're doing all the different things that are that are necessary for the algorithm to to connect um, your content with your name or your brand. And um, there's lots of different 
ways to do that, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to create a volume of content. It means that the content that you are creating and the content that is created about you um, is being seen by Google and being picked up in the search results about you. So promoting the positive kind of uh, to overwhelm the negative, maybe that's one way of thinking about it. Um, I've heard you talk about the impact of location on the search results as well. Talk a little bit about that for our audience. Yeah, so location is a big determining uh, factor in the results that, that turn up for um, a particular search term. Um, when you search for, um, for a brand in New York City, um, it may look different than it does in uh, Florida uh, or in Chicago or in Los Angeles. Um, but it almost definitely will look slightly different or significantly different than it does in London or in Brussels or in Hong Kong or Johannesburg. Um, and that's because local uh, factors come into play, particularly the more localized a business or an individual is. So take a real estate company, for example. A real estate company may be very well known and have um, a, lot of, uh, a lot of interest in a, a particular city where it operates. But if it doesn't operate globally, um, it may have very little footprint um, in other parts of the world. This is, by the way, I'm speaking just in English, in the English language. Um, so the results could look quite quite different, which means um, that if a bad story happens that um, negatively impacts your reputation in New York, um, it it may or may not be being seen in other parts of the country. And similarly, if something happens, if you're say a franchise organization and one of your franchisee branches in in um, uh, Idaho. Um, uh, has a problem, that result could um, be localized to Idaho, um, and you may never see it in New York uh, or in, in uh, Los Angeles where your corporate headquarters could be, or vice versa. It could be getting attention all across the board, even though it's not really indicative of your entire enterprise. So location plays a, a really important role, and it creates different search results uh, depending on where you are. We also monitor and track and work in different languages, and of course, um, in different languages, the results can be completely different because the content is, is language-specific. This, this, this is not just search engine optimization. That's, you're taking things way beyond it. How, how is what you're doing in terms of digital reputation management going beyond just regular search engine optimization? Yeah, so they're related. Uh, they're cousins, if you will, in that they, they, they both use some of, some of the similar um, tactics, but they're, they're different in their objectives, where search engine optimization is really about trying to get one website to rank more prominently for a variety of different non-branded keywords. Um, and its real purpose is to increase traffic to that single website. Digital reputation management is really about the, 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 the brand itself and all of the different terms and all of the different results that turn up on a search for that single brand. Um, so it's the difference between um, trying to drive traffic to um, Amazon.com and trying to manage the, all of the search results about the business that is called Amazon. And when you look at, at, the, at, at the, the, the digital reputation management perspective, you start to see different things on the page that are well down the page. We're not just looking at the top of the page. We're looking at all the results and all the other elements that are on the page from the knowledge panel to crowdsource information like Wikipedia um, to your profiles and video and, 
and a variety of different uh, things that are on that on, that are on that search results page that are very very impactful for searchers um, on your reputation. Let's talk about Wikipedia. You brought that up. I mean, many people use that. They trust that. That's like some of one of the ones that pops up first in a lot of cases uh, on search results. Um, but it can, uh, from what I understand, uh, contain false and sometimes outdated information. Is there anything that a brand or a person could do uh, to impact those results on Wikipedia? Yeah, so Wikipedia is, is something that is um, uh, ranks very high for, for virtually anybody um, who has a, a Wikipedia page or any brand that has a Wikipedia page. Um, and um, it's not something that, because it's such a trusted source, it's not something that typically, uh, once it's on um, the first page of your results, moves away from there. Um, and so we've, we've developed um, expertise in working with clients to uh, help them engage with the Wikipedia community to ensure that the information about them there is accurate. And there's right ways and there's wrong ways of, of, of engaging with Wikipedia. The wrong way to do it is to go in yourself um, and to just... Um, take uh, information off your website and slap it onto a Wikipedia page and, um, and and leave it there. And the reason that's wrong is because the, the, the Wikipedia community will reject that. It's promotional. It's not informational. Um, it may not even be uh, relevant enough to meet their standards for for someone that, that should have a Wikipedia page. So uh, we've developed uh, protocols to engage with Wikipedia editors to ensure that they have accurate information about um, our clients and to um, help our clients sort of understand how to work within that Wikipedia world. Oftentimes, uh, Wikipedia pages have have a single uh, uh, line or mention of of some sort of activity. Oftentimes, it's negative activity um, that is just completely out of context. And so, um, asking for more broad context to be provided is something that that um, that editors will will agree to do. Oftentimes, the information is just wrong and um, being able to to, to uh, engage with the community in the appropriate way in the right venue is really critical. Form is is very very important in the Wikipedia world, and understanding all the complicated rules around it can be critical to actually getting the kind of uh, entry that's necessary or that best reflects uh, who you or your business is. Yeah, uh, and just broadening that a little bit, you know, uh, we hear a lot about fake news, right, <laughs> in the news stream today. Um, which seems to be uh, people, anybody can put something up, right, and, and, it's, and it kind of goes wildfire. Um, but it seems to be a big reputational threat. Um, there's a case, recent case of a, of a cyber breach, and um, before the company could get out kind of the information around it, kind of the news around it had spread, and it was incorrect news, and kind of a, they had a huge amount of value destruction just in the first couple of days of, uh, uh, where misinformation was out there and spread around. So how should brands and, and individuals think about, you know, combating and preventing stories like these from, from really harming their reputation? Right. Well, I think in the first instance, you have to engage um, and, and get facts corrected um, as, they're, as they're happening in real time. And, you know, a lot of the fake news phenomenon um, is, is a result of, of social content that goes viral. Um, and being able to engage in the in the social world in that sense is, is important to to try and temper um, the information that's out there. But I think from a rep, but what, from a long term perspective, though, from a reputation perspective, the danger is less in the in the short um, 
viral uh, distribution of, of something that's incorrect. It's the long-term damage of that uh, information lodging itself in your search results um, because that then that, that fake information becomes something that people return to time and time again. And we see it with clients frequently, in particular where you'll see um, a client be written about by a reporter who will simply go to the web page, uh, do a simple Google search, and begin quoting things that are on the, the, the Google search results that aren't even correct. So having a program to replace that type of information, supplant it, if you will, with more accurate information about your company, um, is really important. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be addressing the fake news specifically, but it's really about substituting that information, that fake news story, with um, a more accurate story and doing that through uh, ensuring that the types of content that you want to see is uh, on the first couple pages of your of your search results. It doesn't mean that the fake news um, item is, is eliminated from the web. Um, there are ways to work to try and do that through the law, there are ways to do that through the law, both in the U.S. and globally. Um, but oftentimes, uh, the, the law doesn't extend to to, um, to parts of the world where where this fake news is coming from, and you have to use measures that are uh, uh, not reliant on on some legal action, but take advantage of the search engine itself and leverage it to uh, see better information, more accurate information. Um, and, and put that ahead of that fake news so that it, it uh, recedes from, from site and from most of the Google searches. If you do that, you're, you're, you're not likely to see the long-term reputational damage. Um, you'll, you'll, you'll perhaps have short-term reputation damage as it, as it goes viral. But uh, one thing about social media uh, viral uh, content is, is it, it, it can disappear relatively quickly. And so, actually, that leads us to a question. Is that if you do have something bad out there that, that's, that kind of hit your, your reputation, how, how long does it take to fix? You know, in your experience in working with clients, how long does it, does it can kind of re, can you reset uh, the, the marker there? Yeah, so clients that come to us with negative um, search situations, um, it typically takes between um, six months to a year to try and rebalance their search results with the kind of content that accurately reflects who they are. Now, that being said, it really depends on the severity of the situation, and it depends on what, what their actual offline reputation really is. Um, uh, you know, clients that come to us that continue to do things that bring um, harm to their reputation uh, are not going to have any more success in improving their online reputation than their offline reputation. But clients that have... That have um, that have either been accused wrongly or that are experiencing um, fake news or that are um, generally ha um, uh, law-abiding, upstanding uh, uh, corporate citizens or, or actors um, and um, have, have apologized for something they've done wrong can generally count on, on six months to a year to time to see that um, their their search results begin again to reflect the totality of their um, reputations. If you do nothing at all, you can oftentimes see the notoriety for whatever was negative hang around for for years uh, and for forever. If you do nothing, it will not change. So, you know, in terms of getting started, and then there's so much out there, companies, you know, commentary, Opinions on companies, you know, is, 
how do you how do you how do they decide? How do you help them decide what's important and what they can really ignore? Um, yeah. What to take action on? Yeah, the internet is vast, and there's so much information um, available to people. But the reality is, is that most people um, get to the information they're looking for via search, which is why we rely so heavily on on the, the Google algorithm because it is really dictating what people. Um, see and what's most important. And by search, I don't mean page 10. I mean the first or second at the most page of search results for a particular search term. Um, most people are not going to spend time doing deep research on page 10 of a search result. So those first couple pages is really what's critical to, to your digital reputation. And the lens through which you can try and somewhat organize the web because the amount of volume that a particular um, piece of content gets on page one is far exceeds something on, on latter pages. Now, if you're concerned about one one person seeing something, well, it being on page 10 or being anywhere on the, anywhere on the web, um, there's a potential for it to be seen. But if you're, if you're really concerned about volume, and, and that's really as you think about reputation, it's what do most people see, what are most people thinking, um, it's really all about the first couple pages of Google. Okay, so then you've taken action and you've kind of gotten your reputation, your digital reputation, uh, where you want it to be. How do you sort of future-proof it so that you don't run into or you try as best you can to prevent it going the other way again? Yeah, I'd like to be able to say that, you know, it's a one-and-done type of situation. Uh, if you run into a problem, you can fix it and, and, and uh, your, your, your lockout, Results that that uh, uh, don't accurately reflect your your business or yourself any longer, but it, that's just not really feasible because the internet is organic. Things are changing every day, and really the best way to to future proof is to monitor and track what your search results are on a week to week, month to month basis, and be able to uh, take action when you see. Um, inaccuracies or things that don't accurately reflect um, your business or yourself uh, and move quickly to try and eliminate those by um, by ensuring that there's more accurate information available. Uh, Howard, you know, I think what might make it really, uh, you know, real for our listeners here is to maybe go through, walk us through a couple of examples, maybe one example of sort of an individual that you helped and, and another example of a brand uh, issue. So maybe a couple of examples and to close us out here. Sure. So um, we we keep our our client uh, confidential, so I can't tell you exactly who these were. But but generally speaking, um, you know, one example of an individual, and it's somewhat sort of prototypical actually as well, uh, a senior executive who um, left a company, a European company that he was uh, the CEO of. And uh, it was involved in broad litigation with the company, um, in part because he was trying to uh, enforce higher ethical standards on the company that they didn't wish to have, and they turned around and sued him. Uh, and uh, his, as a result of that, his digital reputation was littered with with uh, content from uh, from legal filings and from um, coverage of a, a very nasty lawsuit back and forth between the CEO and the, and the company that made it look as though he had done something wrong. So we were engaged and got to work with this individual um, after he left the company to to try to minimize the the um, negative content that was coming from this 
um, basically false and, and um, harassment suit, and and also start to begin to replace it with information that was more indicative of this individual's career more broadly, and also the career, uh, the, the field in which he was moving towards. So we worked with him to create uh, new content, a new website in his own name that uh, was independent from, from other businesses that he'd worked from. We um, took a number of, of, of writings that he had uh, over the years and ensured that those could be seen by Google so that those would appear more prominently in search. We worked with him to clean up some of the imagery um, in his in his video in his image box uh, to ensure that it was uh, more accurately reflective of of what he was doing now um, and and generally uh, we're able to uh, move the negatives out of the picture and replace them with more accurate information in a in another example um, I'll talk about a fortune 500 business um, that we've worked with uh, for several years now um, who are very brand conscious um, and um, they're um, a consumer marketing um, uh, type of business, a consumer business, so they, they have a great deal of dexterity in consumer marketing. And um, they came to us because they wanted to better track their brand in search and understand what people were finding out about them um, when they were searching for them. And so we were able to help them um, track and monitor what was going on uh, for their search results by using some of the tools and data that, that we have to to uh, to pull down the data and their search results from all over the world uh, for them the, their brand as well as some of their senior executives and we get together with them on a on a biweekly basis and review that material um, and then oftentimes as a result of that we're able to nip negative uh, uh, situations in the bud by by starting to work on uh, just negative content that we see starting to enter into their search results and creep up. Uh, we also have been able to work with them as the algorithm changes on a month-to-month or week-to-week, even sometimes basis, to be able to um, take advantage of new things that are available on the, on the search page from, um, uh, you know, when the knowledge panel first came out, when the video boxes first came out, to um, and also to take uh, to, to, to manage changes in their search results that might have come from changes in the algorithm or just from the entry of new information that's come along. Um, and so, you know, you do that by, by really being vigilant and monitoring closely what's going on and tracking that. Uh, I'll, I'll just give one more example just because it came to mind that I thought was that I think is interesting, which is we work for another uh, large corporation um, who had concerns about uh, privacy uh, of their senior executives and we've worked to um, shield uh, some, some of those senior executives who had some personal information online. Uh, we've worked with them to uh, both identify what of that information is showing up prominently and then worked individually through um, through the, the specific website to work to, to have that information where possible uh, taken down and then uh, where not necessarily possible, um, we, we've worked to, to try and move that information out of you off the first couple pages. So, um, you know, you can use, you can think about it in a lot of different ways, um, but it all comes down to um, paying close attention to, to what is in your search results um, and then taking action by um, working on ensuring that the types of content that you want to be seeing, uh, being seen in Google is actually being seen. Oh, this has been great, Howard. I appreciate your time. I've learned a lot. I'm sure everybody listening to this is going to go right after and check and Google themselves or Google their company um, and uh, and see what shows up on the first couple pages. Um, but thank you for the time today, and thank you for joining us. Yeah, happy to do it. And while you're out there Googling Google5blocks.com and, 
and check us out. And if we can help uh, you or your business, we'd love to do so. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If you like this content and want more, go to www.rainnetwork.com backslash join to become a RAIN member. RAIN members get exclusive access to webinars, podcasts, the daily risk book email digest, expert content, and more. So go to www.rainnetwork.com backslash join to become a RAIN member today.